Hello, fellow tiny human docs. We'd like to welcome you to our 17th episode of Peds in a Pod. We're your hosts, David Rayburn. And Ashley Grigsby. And we are residency trained in emergency medicine and pediatrics, and we are both board-certified pediatricians. This is our board review podcast focused on high-yield review topics for the pediatric boards, and we follow the outline and study recommendations set forth by the American Board of Pediatrics content outline for the General Pediatrics Board. Ashley, what are we covering this month? We got a nice little lineup, I think, pretty good. We're going to talk about burns from our trauma, uh, a trauma surgeon extraordinaire. We're also um, going to talk about solid tumors from our oncology uh, colleagues. We're going to do a little milestone compilation. As you guys know, we did cootie shot compilation a few episodes ago so that it can help you with your board study, which is kind of crazy coming up for people like that's people are going to be starting this thing all of you everyone who just graduated residency congratulations but this hopefully will help you and then um a and d do id is going to cover tuberculosis this week or this month and we're going to do another bug juice and kind of do a deeper dive on the cephalosporins that sounds like a fantastic lineup to me um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Peds in a Pod. Um, we put some high-yield tweets on there, which are focused on board review, as well as follow-up images from our segments so you can associate what you're listening to uh, with some images. And then, as always, reach out if there's additional content that you want us to cover on future episodes. If not, you'll continue to listen to whatever we decide to do every time. And I do want to just tell people that we're sorry. We've been kind of slacking on our Twitter. Uh, coronavirus has got me kind of... Uh, down and tired and uh, Rayburn's been finishing up his EMS fellowship in Indiana and so it's been a little bit of a crazy few months which I'm sure it's been a bit little crazy for all of our listeners so we will work on it we have a we're gonna try and do better we'll do better we will do it um, and then also also from a clinical standpoint uh, make sure to check out peds in a blog See, these are quick hit topics uh, on pediatric topics with the most up-to-date literature available. Uh, same thing kind of with the podcasts and the Twitter. We will do our best to continue to update the content on peds in a blog uh, because it helps us learn and then helps you learn as well. Love it. Should we do a case? Yeah, let's finish the intro with a case. So I actually had a good one. It was my last Riley shift, uh, actually, because I am leaving Indiana to head to New Orleans uh, in the middle of July. So it was my last Riley shift. I had a 12-year-old kid uh, come in because he had bruising all over his body. He had wrecked his um, mop or he had wrecked his uh, dirt bike two days before and his mom didn't think too much of it he rides his dirt bike all the time he fell off he was wearing a helmet no big deal but then all of a sudden he had this huge bruise that took up the majority of like his right chest area down onto his arm um, and then down onto his legs he had a bunch of bruising as well and maybe you wouldn't think too much of that but these were very very impressive bruises any other things you would want to ask this kid ashley I mean, I kind of want to know, like, what his coags are, to be honest. That's a little weird. Yeah, definitely. I don't know the case, and so I'm not, I'm not the, I don't know what it, where you want me to go with it, but that's a little strange. From a history standpoint, though, if somebody comes in with abnormal bruising, do you want to know anything else about stuff that may be going on in the last couple weeks or months? Well, maybe any weight loss, uh, any yeah. other bruising you've noticed, any blood in the urine, Uh, I mean, it's a man, so I would ask normally about heavy periods if it was like an adolescent female, but she's not, or he's not. 
Uh, what else? Did I get it? Kind so, of. So so it did turn. Yeah, I was gonna say the only other thing is like mucosal bleeding. So bleeding gums with brushing oh, yeah. teeth. Yeah. So okay. it did turn out Good, that yeah. he he had impressive hematuria as well, and that's actually why mm. he ended up coming in. Um, was they weren't so concerned about all of the giant bruising. It was the fact that he started peeing gross blood. So we get coags and we get labs like you would expect, uh, and his platelet count was four. Uh, four. And he had four of them running four. around? He had four exact platelets doing the work <laughs> of usually a lot more. Thankfully, his other cell lines were normal, so we made the diagnosis, well, the suspected diagnosis of ITP, uh, or immune thrombocytopenic purpura. So uh, I thought that was a pretty interesting case, and again, it's one of those that, yeah, he's a kid, he fell off a dirt bike, of course he's going to be bruised, but keeping that index of suspicion and asking those extra questions uh, to try and make that final diagnosis. Now, did he get admitted for steroids? Like, what did they do? Yeah, so he did, actually. He he got admitted, and he got IVIG the first night because his plate account oh, was nice. four, and he was having gross hematuria. So he met that um, severe range but non-life-threatening uh, platelet count. He got IVIG uh, and then transitioned to steroids. You know, I always find, and this is a little bit of our adult medicine maybe coming through, but, like, People who are on Plavix, right? Like they have the highest rate of head bleeds when they get their head hit when they're on Plavix. And you would think like, it's just Plavix. But when you don't have platelets, you can't do the initial clot, you know? Platelets are your first step. And so you can't like make any kind of normal reaction to a, to an injury because you don't have your first step. So it's kind of interesting how much people can bleed without platelets. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's where you have to look at where are they bleeding and I think we'll cover it. We'll cover this a little bit right now. So uh, it used to be idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura, but now it's immune thrombocytopenic, uh, thrombocytopenic um, because it's destruction of platelets by antibodies. That's what leads to um, ITP. Um, interestingly, and this is probably how it will be presented on the boards, is there's a recent viral illness, um, and then you'll notice petechiae and when you get a platelet count, it's going to be less than 100,000 with your other cell lines intact. Uh, and that's going to be kind of the tip-off from a board's question for the diagnosis of ITP. It, I mean, most of the time it's self-resolving, and you don't have to do too much until their platelet count gets really low, like four. Uh, and then you have to start considering um, some of the treatments, which I don't think we need to get too, too deep right now, if you agree. Yeah, sounds good, David. Uh, thanks for that little case. Good luck, everyone, studying for boards, and congrats to all of our recent grads. Let's start the episode. This podcast is focused on providing you with the content relevant for the pediatric board exam. The ideas and information provided by the participants in this podcast may not reflect the academic institutions they are affiliated with and, again, are to be used for education purposes only. This podcast is not intended to be used in the place of clinical judgment or as a diagnostic tool. We also know that there's new literature published daily, but unfortunately the board exam content can lag behind this sometime and not have up-to-date information. We cannot cover everything in this podcast, and it is not all-inclusive, but we do hope that you learn something to help you on your board exam. All right, let's dive into this next episode.